Gen Leadership Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Next Gen Leadership Podcast, where we train our brains and bodies every day with intention, purpose, and urgency. Our goal is to provide you with perspective. Today, our guest is J.P. Fireson. Drafted in the 16th round by the Cleveland Indians, he bounced around from the Cleveland Indians to the New York Yankees and is now with the Milwaukee Brewers. We are excited to talk about his experiences, his stories, and a little bit more about how he's preparing for this upcoming season. Take a listen. Perfect. JP, well, thank you very much for being on here today. And, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome to hear your perspective like we were talking here earlier. Um, you know, I'm a lifelong Brewer fan, so it's great to get your uh, perspective into the being a part of the crew and this will be your first year as a uh, as a brewer correct correct yep first year uh, I got traded um, last year September 1st awesome and, and could you talk a little bit about your kind of journey to now that you're with the brewers kind of where you started in, in high school and college and everything like that working your way working your way to the crew yeah so uh, I uh, started out uh, River Falls High School um, basically went from Murph Falls High School as a third baseman pitcher to uh, Stevens Point, uh, UW Stevens Point, basically in the central Wisconsin. Um, and uh, was basically just turned into a pitcher only there. And uh, pitched uh, three years at Stevens Point, and then I went. Well, I played Northwoods League while I was while I was at Stevens Point for two years in Wisconsin Rapids, mm-hmm. and then. Um, in 2014, I was drafted in the 16th round by the Indians, Cleveland Indians. Um, and then from there, I played in Mahoney Valley, which is the short short season low A. And then went to Lake County with with them, which is uh, low A. And then uh, went to high A, which is Lynchburg Hillcats. Um, for, for, that was uh, 2014 and 2015 seasons. And then in 2016, um, after spring training, went to Double A Akron, um, the Rubber Ducks, and I was there for about about half the year, um, and then got traded to the Yankees in 2016, uh, part of the Andrew Miller deal with uh, three other guys from our our system, um, and then I was with the Yankees basically since 2016 until last September, and then uh, yeah, I was I was basically in, in Scranton and Triple A basically those those three years and then finally traded to the Brewers this past year and, and then we had spring training with the Brewers this year. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned, Brewers being my favorite team, it's cool to see you being a part of that organization, uh, getting some play, play with some pretty key players and, and be a part of a team like that. And I asked you the question, are you a lifelong Brewer fan a little bit earlier? And yeah, it's kind of funny your answer there to me, but uh, you want to tell everybody else as well here? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've, I've been a, I've been a Brewer fan pretty much, uh, my entire life, but I've also been a Twins fan as well, just because um, growing up uh, so close to the Twin Cities, I was able to go to so many Twins games and watch the, watch the Twins play, so I was a Twins fan growing up, but also um, obviously being a Wisconsin fan and, and the Packers and, and the Bucks and every, every other Wisconsin team, I was a Brewers fan as well. Awesome. That's that's super cool. And it's in you know, the Wisconsin roots, there aren't many players who make it as far as you have. And, and you know, 
I was doing some research and things like that. Your, your success has been based on, you know, going to a smaller school, which I think is really unique and, and why I think your story is pretty cool. Uh, could you talk a little bit about why you chose Stevens Point as a school um, and then where they c- kind of helped you progress into that uh, career a- as a professional baseball player? Yeah, so uh, out of high school, I mean, as a high school ball player, I wasn't anything special. Like it, it wasn't like I was the guy that was on the field that was, you know, better than everyone that you see. Most of the time in high school, you, you kind of see like one or two guys stand out mm-hmm. or a guy for each team. And, and I mean, I, I was good, but I wasn't I wasn't the best. I wasn't the best in the state. I wasn't really any anywhere along those lines. Um, but I was just, I was basically good enough to get a look. I got a look from Stevens Point and, and Stout. And uh, Stevens Point kind of had what I wanted to go to college for, which was, which was, uh, Education. I wanted to become a physical education, special education teacher. Mm-hmm. So I, it worked out that they were a, a pretty decent, ball, like D three ball club, and and it was like at least it was going to be some good baseball played. And I was going to go and, and get a degree in what I wanted at, at a good school for it. So and then it just kind of worked out from there that um, like my freshman year, I went in at, at a, a hundred eighty pounds, and I was. Uh, through 15 after my first year so I mean I put on 35 pounds um basically in in one in one year at school and it was and most of the time freshman 15 was you know you you, uh, (laughs) extra weight but but uh mine just happened to be I was I mean I worked out a ton um we kind of had a a couple sophomores that were ahead of me that kind of pushed our freshman class to get better and I went and just got bigger that that freshman year and started throwing harder after after that off season and and then uh from there just working on working on basically command and, and being able to beat guys and then going to the northwoods league and, and facing some better hitters and, and learning how to pitch against those guys definitely helped me out um just having two pitches that uh that i could throw and get to get out outs with yeah i think that that northwoods league is is a huge opportunity for a lot of guys and and growing up in madison wisconsin for me i was a a mallards fan grew up watching them play um thinking that they were all professional baseball players when i got a little older i realized that they were just in college but um the competition level even when i played in a league similar to that uh was way above what i was used to at the d3 level and i'm sure that kind of made you mature in some sense yeah i mean especially uh for me, like I, I was uh, a starter in college, and then when I was in the Northwoods League, I was I was kind of our closer actually. So it just kind of worked out that I got put into some situations against guys that that uh, I don't don't normally face in college. And it, yeah, I mean, learning experience you you learn how to get guys out like that, and then you realize that you can do it at the next level, and then just you build confidence off it, and you keep going from there. Sure, and do you prefer being in the bullpen, or like, do you prefer being a starting pitcher? We haven't had many pitchers interviewed on the show yet, but could you talk a little about the difference of, of what you like in both of those, or if there's one that you prefer? Yeah, I mean, I um, now that I've been doing it for so long, I, I definitely prefer relief role. Um, but if I were to be asked if I wanted to start, I would I wouldn't say no. Um, I like them both, but uh, just like the the thing about relief is you have a chance to be in every game. Sure. Which I like. I like that you have the anticipation that you show up for 162 games and you could pitch in every single one of them. Obviously, relievers never do that, but the, the possibility of being able to throw in every game and always being having to be ready 
just for me, it was it's just time, a way to keep my mental state always locked into the game. Whereas starters, when you get those those four days in between where you get to kind of chill out and relax and stuff like that, I'm, it, as long as if you have a strict routine, then it works for guys. But if you if your lax days go with your routine and, and you kind of you don't you don't take each one of those recovery days or build days seriously, you can you can uh, lose your basically lose your talent or lose some of your edge for the next start. Sure, and I think I think for the Brewers' bullpen, that's been a huge key for the team. Obviously, me following them often, their, their pitchers seem like they can come in in any situation, whether they, they've started for a, a long time in their career or they're just, they've always been a bullpen guy. You know, I look at a guy like Hader in playoffs, and he comes in in the third or fourth inning, you know, something like that where you always have to be ready. Um, I think that's something that does. Does the AAA team also kind of have that same mindset when it comes to pitching, or are the conversations that you've had so far? Um, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what they want me to be ready for. Is is uh, it worked out? I never actually got to pitch for the Brewers in AAA last year because the season was over. Like basically the day I got traded. But, sure. Um, with the Yankees, it was the same thing because when you're going up there, if you're a guy to ever get called up, you're not going up to throw the ninth inning or the eighth inning you're they have five closers in their bullpen already so you're going up you're gonna you're gonna eat some innings and it could be the first inning you go in it could be the could be the sixth inning um so you always had to be ready and, and that was kind of i mean basically when i was in triple with them as i was always ready i threw um a couple of years ago in the first inning five different times so hmm. it's not like it's it's not like you're uh you're ready for the first inning but if you gotta go, you, 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 and they call your name, you gotta be ready. So it's kind of another thing with relief. It's it's always a surprise on when you're gonna go in, but most of the time that that surprise is a good thing. It gets your adrenaline pumping and kind of kind of kind of gets you going. So I that's one thing I enjoy about relieving as well. Awesome, and I kind of wanted to go back a little bit too to um, back at your days at Stevens Point. Uh, I actually know Coach Bloom, who was your coach, pretty well. He was he knew my dad and uh, kind of developed a relationship with him over my high school days. Um, you know, I just always thought of him as a really talented coach, uh, you know, and and the way he kind of went about the game and winning uh, was very unique. Could could, could you kind of talk about your experience in college when it came to being a, a part of such a successful program? Yeah, I mean. Uh... Coach Bloom is a, a fantastic coach, and, and I'm I'm happy for him at WashU. I know he, I know he, I've talked to him, and he's enjoying it there, and, and definitely definitely earned the right to, to move up in, in schools or, or move into a better better situation, I should say. But sure. um, yeah, I mean, the, just the way he ran practices and, and everything, it was all everything was strict and, and, and organized. It wasn't uh, there was never a time where you didn't know where you're supposed to be, and that I think that kind of for in-game situation, you're already you've already thought through what's going to happen most of the time when, when he was coaching. So, like when when it happens, you're ready for it. And I, I think that just his organization and and being able to to keep everybody on a regiment and everyone everyone on a routine every day and, and every practice definitely helped us on the ball field together. But uh, it was also fun just because we had some awesome players. I mean, there's guys that I played with that I thought should be possibly in pro ball with me um one of them being camp title i mean he was a uh, in in college ball he was the best pitcher on our team when I, when he was healthy and it was just fun to watch him and he, he also threw well in the northwoods league um too so it's kind of 
you know, we it was always fun because we had good ball players, we had good hitters. I mean, we had Jersley, uh, who was there, who went and played a little bit of pro ball with the White Sox for a little while, and now he's actually a manager for the White Sox. Oh, very cool. Um, and his, yeah, and his dad, his dad, Mike Jersley, is the third base coach for the for the Royals, um, and also was was a part of their both their World Series runs, um, where they won one and lost one. So, kind of just like guys like that. I mean, guys that have have played with pro ball or, or had some sort of pro ball experience around them. Yeah, and you learn a lot too. Like everything you pick up from guys like that who have been around the game and have had experiences. You know, even for me, having conversations with guys like you, um, you know, that's why I try to get out of this podcast is the idea that you have the experience and you have the knowledge and I, I get the opportunity to learn from you and I'm grateful for that. And I think a lot of the players that listen to these things uh, really are. So that's something that I think is really cool that you've gotten to do. Um, yeah, I've been lucky with that for sure. That's awesome. I love that. Um, is there something that, you know, keeps you in a routine, maybe that's outside of the game of baseball, uh, when you're relaxing, uh, especially in times like this where you're not necessarily on the field, uh, what things do you do to kind of keep yourself entertained and, uh, and just motivated around the game of baseball? I mean, for me, it's, it's, uh, you, it's, it's tough because once you get out of, out of college and pro ball becomes, it's a, it's a job. So, um, and you got to look at everything as, as this is kind of my job and, and where you have to you have to keep going and, and you have to hold someone else's coffee before someone holds yours you know sure um, like sure. so so just the more work that you put on on in the off season and, and times like this where where you're not you're not able to play games and, and not able to, to work with coaches or, or stuff like that are, are all stuff where where you need to you need to figure out what works for you and like for me like right now I, I've been doing uh, I, I do a weighted ball program. I have been for five years with, through driveline and uh, like that, that stuff kind of, it gives it's a schedule and you have to do these, you have to do the uh, programs every day. Otherwise you're, you're basically taking a step backwards rather than, than forward. So um, just having programs like that, I mean, lifting programs um, where, where you go to work out and you have, you have other people around you that, that want to work just as hard as you are or get, get better as well and I mean because working out by yourself is, is great and people do it mm. but when you, when you have multiple guys that can push each other um, to get each other better that's that's where you I think thrive the most um, so for me it's that it's definitely uh, like right now we're not really able to see a bunch of people with with everything going on but I've been working out with one guy basically every single day and he's been pushing me and um, so it's, it's been good working out with him and, and it's uh, so far it's been a good uh, at least break from baseball, but yeah, you just have to have you have to have certain uh, routines like that, like regiments that, that keep you keep you on track rather than just being able to uh, do something different every day where you're you're like just like oh maybe I'll do this maybe I'll do that you know because the more that you say maybe the most of the time you're not going to do it. Yeah, I really liked your analogy that you used there early on with, you know, you got to hold somebody else's coffee before you can drink it. Um, have you found that to be a, a learning experience or something that you picked up early in college from guys, maybe as a freshman you weren't playing, or, or is that something you kind of picked up later here in your career? Yeah, it's, it's kind of been later later in my career um, just because, like, it's, it's the same as, like, a relief role where – you're not going to get put in the ninth inning. You know, it's not, you're not going to get the close. You're not going to go in for the save. Like you're not going to get that big moment right away until you 
prove yourself and you prove that you can you can handle moments like that and, and handle the big league hitters and, and so when you're when you're playing baseball you, you don't really you don't have a choice on, on what inning you go in so they're all like like coaches when they get trust in you then they put you in those big situations so sure. yeah. once once you once you've kind of earn their trust and, and show them that you can handle those, then, then they'll put you in those situations and every, every reliever wants to be in that situation. That's why it's, why it's like you're almost getting upgraded or, or a, a promotion or something like that rather than moving an inning back or two. I mean, everyone wants to throw that ninth inning when the crowd's cheering and everyone's against you. You know, that's, that's when you get your best moments and you feel that, that adrenaline and that just the, the whole atmosphere. Yeah. Absolutely. And especially in times like of stress, you know, if I find it that when I was playing, uh, the guys that were talented and, and got those opportunities tended to operate better in stressful situations um, or situations where it was, I guess, high intensity is what I'm trying to get across there. Um, what, what days have you kind of dealt or what ways have you dealt with uh, your breathing exercises or, or being in those high intensity situations? Um, and developed uh, kind of your routine inside of that? So uh, one thing I do, and people call me crazy, is I, I love to take cold showers. Um, and I, I don't know if you ever heard of Wim Hof, if you know yeah. who that is. Yep. Um, so one of the things I do is I do his breathing routine in the shower, cold shower, uh, four minutes, a lot of just just like things like that where where you put little stress on yourself so that when when big stressors come, that you're you prepared yourself for it. Like if you if you go about your everyday and you never have anything that that challenges you or stresses you out, then once once something big comes and, and it and it hits you, you're not gonna be able, you're not gonna be ready for it or, or trained for it. So if you can find ways to to stress yourself and and obviously not like to a point where you're gonna break down or or it's gonna affect you physically or mentally, but at a point where you can learn how to overcome them then then it makes those bigger stress things just become little or not even at all so like that's one thing is is the cold showers really works for breathing you know you have to learn how to control your breath and and it's hard because you you feel like you're you're almost out of it so it's just the same as the big moment when the crowds are when the crowd is is going nuts and the bases are loaded and you got to get a big out you know like your your heart's gonna be pumping your breath is gonna be quicker and faster and you need to control it, slow it down, and slow the moment down. So just stuff like that is, is the way I've gone about trying to control my breathing and, and uh, control my heart rate. That's an awesome tip. And, yeah, if you've never if you've never done anything like that, it takes a while to learn, too. I'm sure when you were younger, it, you kind of did it in different ways or whatever. But I do really like those cold showers. Uh, I, I especially did that, um, you know, before and after a lot of uh, practices just for feel um, and I, and I like that. It's, it's just a great way to calm your body a little down and it's refreshing too, especially on a hot summer's day. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I've actually been uh, doing some cold tubs. I mean, they're not cold tubs, but they're jumping in lakes right now and it's 50 to 50 degree water. So yeah. I've, I've, enjoyed, I've enjoyed being back home and, and being able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I want to, that's, that's, uh, Minnesota is the best place for, uh, for a good lake. I was just at my lake and on the weekend and, uh, putting in the lift. And of course the, uh, tires on the lift had to come off and you got to jump in to do that. So it's a, it's a, it's a refreshing treat, but, uh, it's, it's it, a beauty it is, yeah. up here. 
Um, that's great. Uh, one other, I wanted to go back to the driveline question that I had for you there. Um, what kind of turned you on to using driveline's uh, system and kind of the way they operate uh, and everything that they do through the weighted ball program and everything along those lines? Yeah, so uh, Casey Weathers, old Weathers is what I call him. Um, guy that he was a first rounder back in, oh man, I think it was 2008. And he's gone through a couple of arm surgeries. I think it was um, three or four elbow surgeries and two or three shoulder surgeries. And I ended up playing with him in high A with the Indians. And this guy's, he's 31 years old in high A, um, but he's throwing 96 to 98 miles an hour. And I'm like, how the heck do you throw that hard? You know, like, like now everyone does it. It's one of those things where people throw hard all the time, but just like seeing him at, at, at his age, gone through, I think it's seven arm surgeries is what he had in total. Mm-hmm. Um, and still being able to throw the ball that hard. I, I started talking to him in, in the bullpen and just, uh, you know, just basically taking a pen and paper and, and listening to him talk and learning about the program. And then that offseason in 2015, I went out there and experienced it. Actually, Casey lived out there, so I was I lived with him for a couple weeks um, at the start of the year and a couple weeks at the end of the year just to kind of learn the program for the first two weeks, then do the program, and then come out for like an exit meeting kind of before spring training. And um, just the way they – I mean, they go, they go about their things like everyone else. They, they – uh, they just they just make sure that they they've researched it themselves. You know, it's it's different mm-hmm. than, than someone saying, you know what, this should work. But they actually they have guys that they pay to to research it. So guys that that are done with baseball come out and throw, and they they see like, is this going to hurt your elbow? Is this going to hurt your shoulder? Um, is this going to help you with your your rotation? You know, stuff like that. And they they test guys, so they they actually go through test results and see what what's the most efficient way to make things work. And that's where they do things a step above everyone else is that they actually research themselves rather than, rather than uh, just hoping it works or, or saying it works. They, they go about it and they, they, they test the results and, and see if, see if it's going to work for, for guys like myself and other guys in pro ball where we're trying to get better and we're trying to find a way to get better. So um, it's just, yeah, I, I just enjoyed it when I was out there and it's kind of like, a group of guys just throwing things as hard as they can and, and lifting things as heavy as they can, and it's, it's a lot of fun. That's really cool. You, you, you sound like a student of the game, uh, somebody who knows how to study it, which is really unique. I, I really like that. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, just learning from, from people around me and playing with people, uh, just coaches too. Um, like I, he's a coach at uh, University of Illinois now, pitching coach Mark Allen. Um, I mean, for the short time I, I knew him and talked to him, his thing was like write write everything down, learn everything you can, take what take what you like and run with it, and stuff that you don't like, then throw it away. But just make sure that you try and collect as much information as possible, and that, so that's what I've been trying to do. That's awesome, man. That, I love that. I always stress to my players that I work with that they need to write things down, no matter how no matter how much they don't want to do it, they got to have something next to them. And I always have my journal like I have right now, taking notes on what we're talking about. To, I just find that so important. So I love that you, t- you mentioned that. Um, one question I had for you was, where does your passion for the game really come from? You know, we kind of talked about a little of the growing up and things like that, but 
Where did it kind of start for you when it came to the game of baseball? Well, I think it started all with my uh, my dad. Um, he never got to play sports in high school. He was working too much. So we got he played slow pitch softball, which everyone knows baseball and slow pitch softball are completely two different things. But I think that when I was younger, um, he just wanted me to be able to play basically any sports I could with my mom as well. But, I mean, for pushing me into sports and, and uh, like, being my coach through everything, he kind of was, was always – was always coaching my baseball teams or helping out with, with the teams whenever he could. And I think that that's where my passion came from is from, from him wanting me to be able to experience everything because he wasn't able to. And, uh, I mean, now it's, it's pretty fun because it's a lot of stuff that he doesn't really understand uh, in the game of baseball, but he's learning with me or, or from me now. Whereas, like, when I got to high school, he was still able to teach me as much as he could and then all of a sudden I got to college, and then it was all of a sudden I started to teach him, but he kind of understood it. Now in pro ball, it's like the opposite where I'm teaching him, and, and he's the student of the game. So it's just kind of fun with with uh, him and my mom them trying to learn the game more and more as it, as I go on and the further I get into it. Sure, and being around you know the Brewers and being local, it's it's all it's awesome that you you can be so close and kind of see a games and things like that I think that's one thing my dad and I shared is you know even being at a baseball game together was just a huge bonding experience for us so very very cool yeah very cool well I guess I guess with that I kind of want to wrap things up I you know like I, I guess the final question I have for you is is what are you kind of looking for into this season if a, a season does happen um what things are you gonna have you thought about focusing on or if you've you know, prepared for a season this at all? Are there things that you're doing um, to be, you know, more mentally prepared rather than physically for a shorter season or anything like that? Um, actually, as far as, like, preparing for a shorter season, I think it's, it's actually going to be somewhat of, like, a little bit of chaos early. But then when it's, when it's that short and quick of a season, it's almost like you, you almost miss the – the dog days of, of a of baseball season where you get into July and August and, and you know the end is near. But, like, with with us, it's going to be, like, a quick season where it could be three, four months, and all of a sudden we're in playoffs, and then the, the season's over. So sure. you're not even going to really hit those dog days where it's 85 and humid or 90 and humid, and you're like, oh, my gosh, do we have to shag DP today? Do we have to, do we have to go and do conditioning <laughs> outside? Where, whereas it's almost going to be like a – man, I am so excited to play today every single day, you know, where you're never going to have those days where you show up and you're like, holy smokes, I'm so tired, I'm exhausted, I need to, I just need a day off. But but I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and it's kind of exciting because, especially because everyone's going to everyone's gonna be watching without sports uh, these past, like, what is it, month and a half now or something like that. Yeah. People are going to be all about sports and, and games are going to be, just that much more intense when there's only say 80 games or 120 games rather than 160. Every game is going to count more than, than the next one. So mm-hmm. um, it's kind of exciting for, for us. I hope we get to play a season um, because I, I'm, I'm ready for it. And I've been actually building arm strength and trying to basically get better while we're, while we're doing this. So I'm, I'm excited for a season and I hope we get to have one. Yes, sir. I, and I'm ready to watch too. And now, you know, being able to have a conversation with you, I'm definitely going to be you know, following you and checking you out and rooting for you. You know, I know it's been 
uh, a huge opportunity to be with the Brewers, and, and you're going to get some great uh, experience and, and some possible opportunities this season, I think, from what I was reading. So I wish you the best of luck and everything like that. But like I said, I'll be following, and I really appreciate you sharing your perspective here tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was, it was fun to talk to you, and, and uh, I appreciate you having me. Awesome. Well, thank you, Matt, and you have a good rest of your night. Yeah, you too. Thank you very much.